0: renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways through the glory of your holy name Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore forgive you all your sins be with you you. let us pray oh God you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding cast out all sins and errors of us and pour into our hearts your holy spirit to guide us into all blessedness through Jesus Christ your son our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. First, we'll have announcements. Announcements. You can come up. Have a seat. I'm not going to make you stand this long. Welcome. Welcome to worship this second Sunday after Pentecost. Welcome to worship on Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to all our dads. For our friends worshiping online, a reminder to go to our website, chapelothacross.org, and you will find a bulletin for this service under the Resources tab and options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. This is the last weekend for us to return our baby bottles with our donations for Thrive St. Louis. Remember, any gift we give will be quadrupled by other generous donors. The bottles can be placed in the basket on the table in the commons area. Thank you for your gifts given to that important ministry. This is also Dr. James Marriott last Sunday with us here at Chapel of the Cross. We certainly wish Pastor Marriott and family Godspeed and blessing as they continue to serve the Lord at Concordia University, Austin, Texas. We will have a special gathering after the service today and we invite you to share that time with Pastor Marriott and his family. At the end of our service, John Schmidt, our Congregational President, will also share a few words. The good Lord Almighty bless us, bless this liturgy, the glory of God and to the benefit of all who are here and who are online.
1: The Old Testament reading is from the third chapter of Genesis. Now the servant was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You surely will not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good evil So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of God, the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. The Lord said, The Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the word of God.
0: Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me
1: The Old Testament reading is from the third chapter of Genesis. Oh, sorry. (laughs) What did I do? (coughs) Wrong page. The epistle is from the third and fourth chapters of Galatians. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither law, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and the heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns and the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So, also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba father so you are no longer a slave but a son and since you are a son god has made you also an heir this is the word of the lord speak to god
0: Hallelujah. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. Hallelujah. The holy gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town For a time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained by hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, The demons begged Jesus to let them go unto them and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and repeated this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right hand, in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
2: of Jesus, dear Christian friends. Today we begin a special 10-week exploration of God's Word. Each week, over the next 10 weeks, we will look at a real historical Bible event and learn what it teaches us about God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is God's plan for salvation. Jesus is the beginning and the center and the end of God's plan for humanity. And as we hear and learn through these sermons, we'll better understand our lives and our place in the world in which we live. This is important. Hopefully that goes without saying, but this is important. Bible stories are important. Understanding these biblical stories are important. We're all caught up in this cosmic battle, this cosmic reality between good and evil. It's a cosmic battle that has raged from the very beginning. And it's too easy, I think, for us to lose sight of the cosmic in our daily lives, especially on a really nice day like today, where the temperature's just about right and we've all got plans this afternoon. It's easy to lose sight of that cosmic battle, that cosmic reality in which we are engaged. Our little lives are connected to God's cosmic work in this world, a work of creation, of redemption, and of recreation. And it all starts at the beginning. The very first verse of the Bible, Genesis, very first verse reads, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God brought the heavens and the earth into existence using nothing more than the power of his word, his spoken word. God said, let there be, and there was, just like that. Let there be light. Let there be sky, and dry land, and the sun, and moon, and stars, and vegetation, and animals, and humanity. The Apostle John begins his gospel account in a similar fashion. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. Jesus the word is God. He is the eternal son of God, and John calls Jesus the word of God because God used his voice, his spoken word to bring everything into existence. So you see Jesus is there right at the very beginning, creating the heavens and the earth and everything that everything in them. He stands side by side with his father. And not only that, but these first verses of Genesis also remind us that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of creation. So all three persons of the Trinity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there at creation. And it was good. Very good. Good. Very good. I don't know about you, but that's not how I always describe the reality in which we're living in. Good, very good. I don't know about y'all, but I watch the the evening news, actually I watch the NBC Nightly News the next morning on YouTube, um, often as I'm running. And I, I don't know if you've seen the NBC Nightly News, but they have this kind of stick that they do at the end Um, a a final segment on many of their news broadcasts where they say something like, there's good in the world or there's good news tonight. And it's just so ironic that they have to take a segment at the end of the news program to tell you that there's good news tonight. Because what they're telling you is that everything else that they've said up until this point is actually really bad. And if we watch the news, that's really how it turns out. All sorts of horrible things are happening around us. Natural disasters and droughts and floods and fires and earthquakes, hurricanes and tornadoes, and crime and war and illness and death. Where do these horrible things come from? Did God make creation that way? And what, if anything, is God doing about it? The bad things that we see all around us only began to happen When the first humans, Adam and Eve, made a tragic choice, we read about it in the third chapter of Genesis, and if you want, you can take your bulletin out and follow along with that Old Testament reading from the day. The serpent says to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden'?" knowing good from evil. Here, the devil is directly contradicting God's word. God said, you will surely die. And the devil says, you will not surely die. To whom should Eve listen? We have the convenience of looking back thousands of years now and seeing that, right? But to whom should Eve listen? To God who created her? Or to the serpent of whom God had given her dominion on the earth? Yeah, the answer is really quite obvious. But the temptation was so alluring. She could gain wisdom that God had held back from her. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. So she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. St. Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2 has an interesting thing to say about Adam's role in all of this. So St. Paul writes, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Now think about this carefully. Eve was deceived. She believed the serpent was telling her the truth. But it seems that Adam saw through the deception. He he knew it was a lie. He knew the tree would not make them wise and that the day that they ate of it, they would surely die. Why in the world would Adam eat the fruit? Why didn't he step forward and put the serpent in his place? Why didn't he spring forward and protect Eve and protect all of humanity in this cosmic battle? No. Adam stood by and silently watched Eve take the fruit. And even worse, when she offered it to him, he took a bite of it also. The effect of Adam and Eve's sin was immediate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Here, the cosmic battle draws us in. We didn't eat the fruit, but we have committed the same failures. We have the same guilt. We are responsible, just like Adam and Eve. We've been deceived by lies, and we have succumbed to temptations. We've been quick to blame others for our mistakes rather than taking responsibility ourselves. And we've stood by while others were making destructive choices rather than boldly intervening. This story is our story. Our human nature was drastically changed by Adam and Eve's fall. We lost the image of God and now carry within us the sinful image of Satan. And it's that sinful selfishness that gives rise to all the distrust and fear and hatred and crime and war that we see around us and that we have with our sisters and brothers in the human family. And even worse, we of ourselves are powerless to turn toward God or to love him. In fact, we're dead to God in our sin and hostile enemies toward him. Does that seem unfair? For you to be condemned as a sinner thousands of years before you were even born? Why should you suffer for what Adam and Eve did thousands of years ago, way back at the beginning? You see, we're all interconnected, as a human family. None of us is truly independent, as much as we think we are. None of us is truly independent. We're all interconnected in this human family. It's kind of like a car accident happening in St. Louis at rush hour. Now when it rains, it's even worse, right? But just imagine a car accident in downtown St. Louis at rush hour, one mistake, one accident that causes just a whole pile of mess. Hundreds, if not thousands of people are affected. Now think about sin, it works the same way. One sin ripples out to all humanity and our sins upon our sins upon our sins, all of us, it creates this ripple effect That affects everyone else around us. So back to Genesis. What does God do in response? Well, God takes a walk. No, not a walk away from the problems, not a walk away from the betrayal and the disobedience. No. God takes a walk. He walks into the garden. He pursues Adam and Eve. He walks into the garden out of his great love for Adam and Eve, for you and me and all creation. God walks back in. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That feeling of exposure and nakedness that Adam and Eve had first felt was nothing compared now to the terror that gripped them. And they tried in vain to hide themselves from God. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And Adam answered, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked And I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Now here was the time for Adam to make his confession. Instead, Adam says, The woman, the woman who you gave me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate it. God turns to Eve and says, what is this thing you have done? The woman said, the serpent! The serpent deceived me! And I took the fruit, and I ate it. God turned to Satan. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. It was in that moment that the Lord God announced his great plan to save humanity and to restore his damaged creation. His eternal son would join the human family, would become one of Eve's descendants, and as true God and true man, he would crush the serpent's head. God saves the world through Jesus. God redeems creation through Jesus. Jesus doesn't hide from it. Jesus doesn't deflect it. No, the sinless Son of God takes a walk into our lives. And He takes a walk all the way from the Garden of Gethsemane through the city, up the mountain of Golgotha, where He is crucified. He carries His cross Bearing the sins of the whole world, that we might be saved through him. And from the cross, he cries out for the sake of those who crucified him, and for the sake of you and of me and of all who have sinned Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus suffered horribly. As he was punished for Adam and Eve's sins and for the sins of all humanity, including you and me. He died and was buried. But the third day, he rose again. And since that day, nearly 2,000 years ago, Satan is writhing in the throes of death. He's still dangerous, but he is defeated and dying. God has fulfilled his promise to crush the serpent's head. Back to Genesis one more time. Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden and their idyllic life was gone. They'd have to labor and toil to raise food now. The ground would no longer yield its strength to humanity. And we experience this when our labor is difficult or frustrating, or wearying. And at the same time, we age, our bodies grow frail, get sick, wear out, and we die. Bad things happen in this world, and that cosmic reality is all around us permeating our lives. But that isn't the end of the story. This cosmic story is framed by the promise of Jesus's kingdom. In our baptism, we were written into that story. We were written into God's story of salvation. We were reborn into eternal life. And moreover, Jesus meets us here today. We come broken again by the devil and our own sinful nature in need of forgiveness. Each one of us walked into this sanctuary today. We walked in and we confessed to one another. We rehearsed God's story of forgiveness and life and salvation as we confessed to one another and received that forgiveness. We didn't hide it. We didn't deflect it. We confess. And our God, who is both faithful and just, graciously forgives our sins. This is God's story for us, that we would have forgiveness of sins, life and salvation. And we continue that work in Christ. We continue to be the renewed image bearers. We lost the image of God in sin, but we have been given the image of God anew. It has been restored to us in our baptism, through the forgiveness of sins. And we as the body of Christ live as God's people in this world. You and I, sinful yet redeemed creatures, are the means by which God's forgiveness, God's life and God's salvation are made known in this world. We take the gifts that we've been given here and we go and we use them and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we put those gifts at work in this world. We forgive as we've been forgiven. We bring life to those who are hopeless and despairing. We bring salvation to the lost and forsaken. The cosmic story of God's saving love for his creation it goes all the way back to the beginning. And it will be with us all the way to the end. And that gives us hope and peace and comfort today, even in the midst of our daily mess. And our God walks with us. Our God pursues us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we too walk with God now and for eternity amen we rise together and make witness of our faith of this story in the words of the creed
0: Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, strengthen all those who are fighting against the power of Satan. Remind them of your presence in the Word and in the Holy Sacraments. Empower them to resist the lies of the evil one with the truth of your Word. Lord, in your mercy, dear Heavenly Father, you place your wise hand upon all the nations of the earth. Give them leaders who seek after justice and peace, and lead all people to the freedom of your gospel. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Look with favor, O Lord, upon all who are sick, injured, and recovering. Today, we especially remember Carol Hetrick, Arthur Williams, Johnny Spears, Kelly Schlickman, Hannah Seibert. Give your peace, your comfort, and if it be your will, your healing Lord, Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we give you praise and thanks along with those who celebrate special milestones of your grace especially Eunice Broom, as she and her family celebrate her 86th birthday. Continue to pour out your grace, your love and your blessings. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace and mercy on this Father's Day weekend, we praise and thank you for all earthly fathers through whom you have given us the gift of life. Make them examples to us of your fatherly love. And help them to proclaim to their children your mighty deeds in Christ, bringing them up with the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we give thanks for all blessings you have bestowed upon this congregation, its members, and the church at large, through the ministry of your servant Pastor James Marriott. By your Holy Spirit, grant him grace in his new field of service readiness, and steadfastness in his ministry. Support and strengthen him that by your word, your church may continue to be built and increase. Bless Pastor Marriott and his family as they now depart from us. And we ask that you continue to bless the ministry of Chapel of the Cross as we share the love of Jesus with the people of North County and beyond so that all may have a living relationship with Christ. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for for whom we pray, trusting in his mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Pastor James Variott, has accepted a call to a new field of service in the church, Concordia University in Austin, Texas. At this time of farewell and Godspeed, let us hear the word of the Lord. From Philippians chapter 1, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, and in every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I learn for you, how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 1. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You may stand. O Lord God, merciful and gracious Father, we give thanks for all the blessings you have bestowed upon our congregation, its members, and the church throughout the ministry of your servant James Marion. By your Holy Spirit, grant him grace in his new field of service, readiness and steadiness in his ministry, patience, understanding, a cheerful heart, and great zeal. Support and strengthen him that by your word, your church may be built and increased through your son, our great high priest, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. There's a family coming. Let us also pray for our pastor's family as they depart from us. Ah, there they are. Come on up. Sometimes uh, pastors think they're only ones with the call. (laughs) Wives have a calling too. And sometimes their calling is more difficult than that of the pastor. And God bless you who are pastors' kids, PKs. If you haven't heard the word, you already have heard the word. And you don't always like it. Huh? You PK? Well, you're PKs. You're very blessed. Very blessed. But sometimes the pastor's kids, the PKs, get overlooked, too. Only remembered when they do mischief in church. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the pastor kid cutting up in the back row. You've heard that one before. Well, to you, Jim, to your, to your dear wife, and to your kids, children of the pastor, we pray Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks that you have so faithfully nourished our pastor's family with us in the communion of this congregation. Bless, protect and defend them as they now depart from us. Preserve them in the confession of your name and in loving service to others. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joys of your heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and joy. The almighty and merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and bless you and strengthen you for faithful service in his name. Amen. Go in peace and joy, and let the church say, Amen. 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 (coughs) Following the, you may be seated.
3: Hes who raised with power the shepherd of
4: Dave Funky likes to remind us that the Lord answers our prayers in three different ways. Sometimes he tells us yes, sometimes he tells us no, and sometimes he tells us not right now. When we first met a young Mr. Jim Marriott, Chapel of the Cross was searching for a new minister of music. And in that call process, the Lord introduced us to two remarkable young servants Jim and ryan meyer and during that process we discussed and discussed and someone asked can't we call them both <laughs> little did we know that god was telling us not right now we got to know jim in a much deeper way a few years later when he was uh, on staff at the seminary and he started attending worship service here uh, Uh, He once in a while would back up Ryan on the organ. Uh, He even joined the choir. And and through that fellowship, we got to know him and his his, uh, budding young family um, in in a much better way than than we had in the call process. And then the Lord reached into Jim's life and uh, altered his path a little bit, and he became a student at the seminary. And chapel was blessed with having him serve us in that capacity. Uh, and after ordination, now the pastor Jim Marriott has been serving us so very well. And so, as the Lord reaches into his life and uh, and sends him down to Texas, uh, we offer uh, another prayer that that uh, was, can't he stay here? And uh, and we are consoled by the thought that perhaps. The Lord is telling us, not right now, and that uh, someday winds will blow him back to us. We also take consolation, and Pastor Lesh would be the first to point this out, uh, in, in Scripture itself, in the Bible, um, the story from Acts 15, when Paul and Barnabas were out preaching the Word of God, and a dispute arose amongst them, and uh, they decided to separate ways. Okay? And they decided to, to go in two different paths— and the Lord blessed that activity. It didn't diminish their ministry. In fact, it multiplied it. And so though we, we have no such dispute here, um, we we trust that the Lord will multiply our our collective ministries, uh, now both here and in Texas. The personnel committee, uh, when uh, when it was announced that uh, Pastor Merritt was leaving, uh, led by uh, Nancy Swoboda, Uh, got together and and decided that we needed to do something tangible, um, something that would help uh, Pastor Marriott's ministry going forward, but that's something he could always remember and remember his time here. Uh, And so we decided to present him with a stole, uh, but rather than just pull one out of a catalog, uh, we asked Ryan Meyer to design one, personalized, for the occasion. And as happens in, the, in this world, that stole is not yet ready. Um, and so we will formally present that to him another time. Uh, but we do have a, an artist rendering of what that will look like that I'm going to hand to Jim for the third time. Uh, and, and I'll describe it to you, although if you stay afterwards, it will be on display, and you can see it for yourself. But the stole is green in color. Um, that, is, that is purposeful. Uh, green is apparently the color that is most often used for the, during the church year. Uh, and so we hope that, that uh, Pastor Merritt has as much opportunity to use this as is possible. The stole features musical notes at the bottom of, of one, uh, one of the, the legs of the stole. And that music uh, moves its way up the stole to a cross uh, on the uh, on the left hand shoulder, uh, not just leading you to the cross, but encircling it, and it's a cross that you will all recognize as as uh, as representative of of chapel here. So, um, I think that uh, Ryan was able to capture uh, Jim's time here perfectly, and I think it perfectly symbolizes. Uh, That and we hope that you uh, look on it fondly and can tell stories about it uh, for many years. Uh, Finally, thank you, uh, Jim, um, for all the work that you've done here. You have been a true blessing to us. Uh, Chapel wants you to know that you always have a home here uh, and that uh, we will continue to keep you and your ministry and your family in our prayers uh, as we go forward. So uh, on behalf of Chapel, thank you very much, and would you join me?